Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, it's the season. Yes, it's the season to be jolly. <laughs> um, so I would like to read a passage of scripture. If we can stand in honor of God's word, 2 Chronicles chapter 19, verses 1 through 3. And it says, And Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, returned to his house in peace to Jerusalem. And Jehu, the son of Hanani, the seer, went out to meet him and said to King Jehoshaphat, Shouldest thou help the ungodly and love them that hate the Lord? Therefore is wrath upon thee from the Lord. Nevertheless, there are good things found in thee, in that thou hast taken away the groves out of the land and has prepared thine heart to seek God. Amen. I'm going to ask Brother Michael for the, to pray for the Lord's anointing today. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. And I just want to talk to you today about preparing your heart to seek the Lord. Preparing your heart to seek the Lord. So Jehoshaphat was the fourth king of Judah after the kingdom was split. So we have the northern and the southern kingdom. That happened under Rehoboam. I shared this maybe last week or the week before. And um, Jehoshaphat had joined affinity with Ahab, who was the king of Israel. He was the king of the northern kingdom, and he was a wicked king. Uh, so he had allied himself with King Ahab and fought against the Syrians in the previous chapter, chapter 18. At the end of that chapter, we read that Ahab died from that battle, but Jehoshaphat, he survived. Hanani, I don't even know how to say his name correctly. Uh, he's the seer. A seer is someone who has the ability to see or to perceive or have a vision. And he went to meet King Jehoshaphat when he returned from the battle in the verses that we just read. And he confronted him and he, he asked the question, shouldest thou help the ungodly and love them that hate the Lord? He said, therefore is wrath upon thee from before the Lord. Nevertheless, there are good things found in thee. So Jehoshaphat, he blew it. But there was two things that Hanani the seer mentioned that were in King Jehoshaphat that were good. He had taken away the graves or groves, graves. There's an O right there. Not a. He had taken away the groves out of the land. And the groves were connected uh, with religious worship. Uh, the heathen consecrated groves to their gods. But these groves were forbidden by the Jews. So this is one of the good things that he did. He destroyed those places. And so that's what Hanani the seer said. And the second thing he said is he had prepared his heart to seek God. He prepared his heart. 
And that's what I want to talk to you today about that. The word prepared, it means to erect, to be erect, to stand perpendicular, to set up, to establish, to fix, to prepare, to apply, to appoint, to render sure, to prop, to, it's, I think I typed the wrong word here, proper or prosperous. Um, it's translated various different ways in the King James Version as to confirm or direct or fashion, to prepare your heart. I just want to ask you the question, have you prepared your heart to seek the Lord? Prepared your heart to seek the Lord. So thine heart, I like how uh, Michael, when he was praying, he asked the Lord to help each and every one of us to receive these things in our heart today, uh, this message. But what is your heart? It's not just the blood pumping thing that pumps blood throughout your body, but there's more to it than that. It's the inner man. It's the mind. It's the will. It's the soul. It's the understanding. Your several different ways that it's used, mind, knowledge, it's your thinking, your reflection, your memory, your inclination, your resolution, your determination, your conscience. Remember we talked about conscience before, who remembers? That one of the definitions for conscience is co-perspective. There's somebody else's perspective involved in conscience. And when your conscience is seared is when you lose that other perspective. It's a very, that was a I don't know, that has a great meaning to me. So heart of moral character, uh, seed of appetite, seed of emotions, passions, seed of courage. So to seek God, there's a few verses that I've put in here. There's a lot of scriptures. We, we did this. We had, used to have Bible studies midweek. I don't know who remembers this. All the ladies would go to my house midweek. And all the men, we went to Starbucks. <laughs> and we sat there and we did Bible study in public. And we would do our Bible studies, drinking our coffee, enjoying it. Um, and uh, in fact, Brother McAtee, your daughter-in-law was working there at the time. And um, I remember just sitting there and we would just talk about this. And I gave the men an assignment. I said, um, I want you in this next week, I want you to look up every scripture that you can find that talks about seeking the Lord, searching for him with your heart. And so do you remember that brother buddy, brother buddy got into it, man, this is one of the times <laughs> brother buddy got into it. And he, he, you were really searching. You remember that man? He had a list. He, he wanted to compare lists early, you know, but he really got into that. I remember that. I remember Brother McAtee, uh, Kimmy, your daughter-in-law, she, she came up and she said, I had a dream about you last night. <laughs> and I said, oh, yeah, what was that dream? Um, and she said, well, there was this bridge. And I, I don't know, somehow I was involved in this bridge and uh, bridging people to something. And then my, I remember my dad said, uh, was I in the dream? <laughs> And she said, yeah, you were with the little yellow rubber ducky floaty in the water. <laughs> She's funny. That. 
We had a good laugh. But you know, seeking God, we have, there's so many scriptures that talk about seeking him. First Chronicles chapter 16, verses 10 and 11. It says, this is part of uh, David in uh, his Psalm of Thanksgiving. Uh, he said, glory ye in his holy name. Let the heart of them that rejoice seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. So David had just brought the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom and to a tent that he had set up for that ark. And so this was this psalm of thanksgiving that he had delivered to Asaph. And it's a, it's a great psalm. But he said, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. We've talked about that quite a bit here, right? Seeking his face, his identity, who he is, that intimacy, that intimate encounter, knowing who he is. And do that continually. And so uh, Psalm 34.10, the psalmist writes, The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. One of the benefits of seeking the Lord is you're not going to want any good thing. You may want some things that aren't good, but anyways, you won't want any good thing because uh, the good things come from seeking the Lord. Every good and perfect gift is from above and cometh down. It's that continual coming down. You're not going to desire or want any good thing when you seek him. It's one of the benefits Psalm 105, verse 4, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face evermore. Seek him, seek his face. Don't stop. Have you prepared your heart to seek the Lord without ceasing? Have you prepared your heart? Proverbs 28, verse 5 says, evil men understand not judgment. But they that seek the Lord understand all things. And that's another benefit of seeking the Lord, understanding all things. You guys have heard this verse Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And where is the kingdom of God? What was it, Christy? Wherever God is king. And put that first in your life. Make him the king in your life. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth. The only earth I have any control over is this one right here. This flesh and this, I have no other control of any other. And I say, God, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Because in heaven, he says, the go and they go, come and they come. He speaks, even the devil. In Acts chapter 17, verse 26 through 28, it says, and hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation 
that they should seek the Lord, if haply they might fill after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. Fill after him, find him, for in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. So this is one of the good things that was in Jehoshaphat. He had prepared his heart to seek the Lord. That's one of the things. And if you've been in this church for a long time, you remember my dad used to sing that song called Jehoshaphat. Who remembers? Yeah, a few people. Uh, this was a song by Don Francisco. I remember hearing that as a boy, and my dad would play the guitar and sing that. That's where I learned about Jehoshaphat. Anyone remember the song? I've got it right here if you don't. <laughs> Let me read something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to read that to you. Uh, but this song was about a time we read of in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And this was after the passage that we read. When there was a host that was coming against King Jehoshaphat to battle. And he had heard that there was this host that was coming. And it says in verse 3, And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. You ever been in that situation where there was something that was coming? You didn't know what to do. Maybe you were even afraid. Well, that's what happened here. Jehoshaphat, he feared. He set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And so there they were. Skipping down to verse 14. Then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jehiel, the son of Mattaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And he said, hearken ye all Judah and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem and thou King Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord unto you, be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. I think Jesse preached a message about, did you preach about Jehoshaphat? And it was a different. Yeah, he did. Some of you guys remember. Tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God. So shall ye be established. Believe his prophets. So shall ye prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed 
singers unto the Lord, and that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army. So they put the praise team in front of all the soldiers. And they said, we're going into battle. And here goes the singers, and they're just singing, and they're just worshiping. And uh, that was pretty awesome. So this song by Don Francisco, I'll read you some of the lyrics. I know uh, Brother Jordan Garcia said, sing it, but you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so the song goes, now Jehoshaphat was king of Jerusalem. Remember? A long, long time ago. When the children of Judah all worshiped the Lord from the high on down to the low. And Judah was a wealthy kingdom. Everybody's children were fed. Because Jehoshaphat studied the word of the Lord and did everything that he said. But out of the east came an army one day after Jehoshaphat's gold. They were marching right straight to Jerusalem, and Jehoshaphat soon was told. So he called all the people together, and everybody fasted and prayed. The Lord God answered the people and said, there's no need for you to be afraid. And I don't know how the rest of it goes, but the battle is mine tomorrow. It's not yours and it's not the king's and all you got to do is just stand and watch to see the salvation I bring. Just believe that what I've told you is exactly what I'm going to do and go out tomorrow against them now because the Lord's going to fight for you. Great jumping Jehoshaphat. <laughs> well, the army rose early the next morning. They marched on out with the king. Jehoshaphat chose some singers and told those singers to sing. And they praised the beauty of holiness instead of shouting out a battle cry. And all the way down to the enemy's camp, they sang to the Lord on high. They were singing, praise ye the Lord. His mercy endures forever and ever. Praise ye the Lord. His mercy endures forever and ever. Well, well the Lord God set up an ambush, if you read the story. Got the enemy all turned around. Got into killing each other, you know, till they all lay, lay dead on the glade. took them three whole days to haul the children of Judah all praised the Lord because he saved them one and all and they were singing praise you the Lord his mercy endures forever and ever praise you the Lord his mercy endures forever and ever so he set his heart to seek the Lord Jehoshaphat did and so as I read through the kings the good kings of Judah and some of the not so good kings of Israel and Judah. There's that little phrase that catches my attention often is he set his heart to seek the Lord or he didn't set his heart or prepare his heart to seek the Lord. Here's one right here in 2 Chronicles chapter 30. And it's starting at verse 15. Then they killed the Passover on the 14th day of the second month. When was the Passover supposed to be killed? Which day? I know somebody knows here. The 13th. Say, thank you, Sister Catherine. And the priests and the Levites were ashamed and sanctified. And which month? Was it spelled? Yeah, the first month. 
And it just happened in the second month. The priests and the Levites were ashamed and sanctified themselves and brought in the burnt offerings into the house of the Lord. They stood in their place after their manner, according to the law of Moses, the man of God. The priests sprinkled the blood, which they received at the hand of the Levites. For there were many in the congregation that were not sanctified. Therefore, the Levites had the charge of the killing of the Passovers for everyone that was not clean to sanctify them unto the Lord. For a multitude of the people, even many of Ephraim and Manasseh, Issachar and Zebulun, had not cleansed themselves, yet did they eat the Passover otherwise than it was written. Not the way that it was written. But Hezekiah prayed for them, and this is what he said. The good Lord pardon everyone that prepareth his heart to seek God. The Lord God of his fathers, though he be not cleansed according to the purification of the sanctuary, and the Lord hearkened to Hezekiah and healed the people. First Samuel chapter 7, verse 3, Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, saying, If ye do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange gods and Ashtaroth from among you, and prepare your hearts unto the Lord and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. That's the first thing that we read that Jehoshaphat did. He took down all the groves, and he said, put away the strange gods and Ashtoreth from among you, and prepare your hearts unto the Lord. That's one of the first things we have to do is we got to get rid of some things out of our lives. We got to get rid of some things that we hold supreme above God in our lives. And we've got to get those out of our lives in preparing our hearts to seek the Lord and serve him only. In 1 Chronicle, 1 Chronicles 29, 18, part of David's prayer for the people, he said, O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, our fathers, Keep this forever in the imagination of the thoughts of the heart of thy people and prepare their heart unto thee. Prepare their heart. Ezra chapter 7 verse 10. It says, for Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. Psalm 57 verse 7 says, my heart is fixed. Oh God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. And the good news is, you will find the Lord if you seek for him with your whole heart. Deuteronomy 4 verse 29 says, but if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him if Thou seek, with him, seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul. You will find him. He intends for you to find him. He wants you to find him. Isaiah 45, 19, I have not spoken in secret in a dark place of the earth. I said not unto the seed of Jacob, seek ye me in vain. What I said, when I said seek ye me, I did not, do that in vain. It wasn't an empty saying. There was a purpose behind this statement, seek ye me. I didn't say it in vain. I, the Lord, speak righteousness. I declare things that are right. And the Lord will work in you to prepare your heart for him. He's going to help you out. 
Proverbs 16, 1 through 3 says, The preparations of the heart in man, and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 and verse 13 says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So what have you done to prepare your heart to seek the Lord, to set your heart, to fix your heart? Have you taken away the false gods out of your life, everything that is elevated above him? Have you taken away the evil out of your heart, turning away from your wicked ways? Have you done that? Have you memorized scripture? Have you done that? I remember back in the olden days and that other century. Some of you younger people don't know about the 1900s. But way back in the 19s, before the 20s came. You remember that, Sister Jamie? Remember those years? That's when we were young and vibrant and full of energy. <laughs> Less gray hair. But I remember sitting at youth convention and I had felt like there was a call of God on my life. And I felt like I was supposed to do something in ministry. I didn't know what I would do. I knew for a fact I would not be a pastor. You guys know that. I already knew that. But I knew I was supposed to be involved in ministry somehow. I just didn't know how. And so as I was um, sitting there and they had some Bible quizzing things going on and and I remember used to wa used to watch these Bible quizzers, and I thought, man, these guys are so smart. They have photographic memories because they can quote scriptures like you can't believe, like chapters at a time, books at a time. These guys are so smart. I don't have a photographic memory. Well, I do. If you show me a photograph, I might remember. <laughs> but I don't. I mean, I just can't remember like that well, you know. And so. I remember sitting there and they did their little exhibition quiz, exhibition, exhibition, exhibition quiz. And I remember the quiz master getting up there, Brother Les McElhaney, and he said, next year, this was, okay, I'll just tell you, this was in 1990. So he said, next year, we're going to be quizzing on Pentecostal doctrine. And I, I said to myself, I'm not that smart. I don't have a photographic memory. These guys are geniuses, but if I'm supposed to be in ministry, I probably should know doctrine. I, I probably should know some scriptures about doctrine. And so I decided I w wanted to do Bible quizzing. And I wanted to, uh, not because I was going to be a great quiz or anything. I wasn't planning on that. I was just planning on doing something to prepare. Because I felt like God had put something in my heart that I was supposed to do in ministry. And so I had to do something to prepare for what God had for, I didn't know what it was, but I know I knew I had to do back then when I was 17 years old, or maybe I was 16. 
I don't remember. But however old I was, 16 or 17, back then I just knew, I just knew that I was supposed to do something in ministry, so I had to prepare. I couldn't just sit there and just expect, you know, for it just to happen. I felt like the Lord had put something in my heart, and so I had to prepare for that. So I began to prepare by memorizing scriptures. And sometimes it was tedious, right, Caleb? Sometimes you're all alone. Sometimes everyone else is out playing, having fun. And you're in the room with your verse cards going through. You could be outside playing. You could be on playing a video game. You could be on the scooter going around the, the block, but you're doing your verses because you're preparing your heart. And so uh, that's, what, that's what I did. And um, I remember standing, I shared this before, standing in line at senior camp. And somebody asked a doctrinal question. And I was standing with my good buddy that I had met through Bible quizzing. He was a really good friend. And we, you know, we just hit it off. We, he was from Burbank, California. And we, we just were standing in line. And I knew the answer from the verses I had memorized. And I looked at my buddy. I said, we know the answer. He said, we do. You know, some quizzers quiz they just, for the competition of the game. I was memorizing so I could understand doctrine. I was memorizing to prepare my heart to be able to minister to people. And so I said, yes, we do. This verse right here has the answer to her question. So I saw him. I saw the, the wheels turning. And he was a great quizzer, guys. Much better than me. I was a novice quizzer. He was experienced, been a national. He was a great quizzer. And I saw the wheels turning. And I was surprised that this great quizzer didn't understand how to answer that question. And so I was preparing my heart. So memorization of scripture is a way that you can prepare your heart. My dad used to say there is a way that you can read the Bible with the lights turned off. There really is a way, Jordan. We talked about this yesterday, didn't we? One of the objections that the Muslims, he said, has, has is that if all the Korans were destroyed, right? Did you say this to me? That they would be able to take and rebuild an entire Quran because the people have the Quran memorized. And they really give a hard time to Christians for not memorizing the scriptures, not knowing the Bibles. And I told Jordan, I said, well, believe it or not, I believe that if every Bible was destroyed, we could put the Bible back together through all these individuals who have memorized hundreds and maybe thousands of scriptures. Maybe not everyone knows scriptures, but there is a benefit to knowing God's word. And so memorization of scripture putting it in our hearts, reading the scripture, reading with the intent, intent to understand and know what you're reading. Because there are times when I read, I had no idea what I was reading. Like, well, I did my Bible reading for the day. Mark that off. I don't know. You can ask me what I read. I was like, have no idea. I went through all the begats and there was a lot of names I didn't know how to pronounce. I have no idea what I read. But, uh, there was times, but now I, I read with a, a, 
pen and a paper because I want to make sure that when I walk away from that Bible reading session, I got something, you know, the words of life. And so reading is so important. And I remember years ago when I was a boy, my dad said, there's a lot of Christians who have never read the Bible through. And we're supposed to be people of this book. And I just got to my heart. And I thought, well, I better read it. <laughs> I better know this word. And so, you know, preparing your heart. You know, you read that scripture and you're like, you know, I probably haven't been doing very well with that. And I need to apply that to my life. So I want to challenge you today. Have you fixed your heart? Have you prepared your heart? There's ways that you can. Here's another one. We all talk about prayer. We talk about praise and we talk about worship. And that's all important. We should do that. But studying the scripture is not the same as reading the scripture. Studying the scripture, studying doctrine, taking classes, everything that you can to prepare your heart to seek the Lord. We talked about investments. Do you guys remember? Anyone here have some investments? You got some? What do you, what are you invested in, Jordan? What is it? What kind of coin? Cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency. How much is it worth? Yeah. It's amazing how he knew that. How did you know that? He checks it every morning. Did you guys hear that? That's, that's perfect. It's part of the message. He checks it every morning. Now, how much money did you invest in it? Okay. How much was it worth then? Okay. So, oh, wow. All right. It's increased by 350% or something. So that, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good increase, right? He, and, you know, I, when I was in high school in my economics class, our teacher gave us pretend money. And the teacher said, okay, here's the thing. Uh, you guys, here's the newspaper. You go through and you pick stocks that you're going to, we're going we're gonna to follow these stocks throughout this semester. And you pick these stocks that you're going to invest this pretend money in. We're going to see how we do throughout this semester. And man, I invested in Nike and boy, all of a sudden I'm interested in how Nike's doing. I was hoping that they would do good. And I invested in some of the other big companies, right? And it was just all pretend. But I never even looked at the newspaper before that. I had no interest. In Does anyone know what Nike shares are today? Anybody? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you don't know. You don't check every morning because you don't have investments there. <laughs> but if you had three or 4,000 in Nike, you'd probably be checking every day. Every morning, where's my stocks at today? But your heart follows your investments. The things you invest in, your heart will follow. The things where you put money, we have a scripture, right? 
Jesus said in Matthew 6, 19, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. If you want to prepare your heart to seek the Lord, you need to start making some investments. Some investments may be financially. Some investments may be of your time. Your heart will follow. Because those who did evil, if you read the Kings in the Old Testament, they weren't preparing their heart. And if you want your heart to be there in heaven, lay not up for yourselves treasures here on this earth. And Luke's version of it says, Luke 12, 33, fear not little flock for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He wants to give you the kingdom. Isn't that pretty awesome? Sell that you have. Now, I mean, maybe this is maybe not really that good. You probably should skip this scripture, tear it out of the Bible or something. Sell that you have and give alms. Provide yourselves bags which wax not old, a treasure in the heavens that faileth not for where no thief approacheth, neither moth corrupteth. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So as a young person, I've shared this story before, but not everyone here has heard it. So I've shared this story when I was uh, probably just recently, but I was maybe 11-ish, and there was a boy, a young man in our church Matt Monroe, I don't know who remembers him. And I just shared this very recently. But he said, hey, uh, you know, we, we had two services, Sunday morning, Sunday night. He said, you want to come over to my house? And I said, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and then, you know, they'd bring me back for Sunday night service, have lunch with them, spend the afternoon and with my buddy. And uh, he showed me, he said, man, check this, check this out, man. I just got this, just bought this brand new commentary. How exciting is a commentary? Anybody? <laughs> Anyone get really excited when you buy a lexicon? <laughs> and I was thinking, wow, commentary. This is like deep theological, and I'm just not that smart. This deep theological stuff. But Matt was cool. Everyone liked Matt. He was a popular guy. He really was. Uh, right, Brother Buddy? You remember? Were you there? Do you remember him? Sort of. I know your wife remembers him. And so, um, I don't know, it just had an influence on me. I thought, well, maybe commentaries are cool, you know? And so, it just kind of went in the back of my mind, and I started thinking, and I heard some preaching one time that about this years ago, that you can really tell what's interesting to a person. You dig through their trash, you can tell what they're all about. You can see what they eat. You can look at their receipts and see the things that they buy. And I thought, boy, somebody looked through my trash can. What are they going to think about me? And so um, I remember learning about budgets and budgeting. And my first budget, man, I was writing my budget out. I was probably 18, 19. And I put in my budget category, Bible reference material. 
and I started uh, putting money in my budget for Bible reference material. Boy, man, I'd get a certain amount, and I'd go, time to go to the Bible bookstore. Woohoo! I go to the Bible bookstore and I go to the Bible reference section and now I'm getting excited about buying commentaries. I remember I bought Josephus and Philo and, and I started buying all these books and my heart started becoming very interesting, interested in studying. It became very interesting. It is interesting to somebody, I don't know who. Not, it's really desperately wicked. It's deceitful above all things and desperately weak. It's not interesting. <laughs> but I remember I started to invest. And as I began to invest in those things, I began to love it. And I remember I bought PC Study Bible, the cheapest version. And I remember I just kept putting so much of my budget into that till I got all the way to the professional. And I was like, how can I just keep putting more money, more and more money into my investing? Because my heart does follow my investments. Now I love the Bible. Now I love studying. You guys notice that? I mean, you start investing in something. You're be, anyone, uh, let's see here. Uh, let's pick on Danielle's not here. She, she's invested a lot in race cars. <laughs> but, you know, just think about it. Think about the things that you invest in. Your heart follows. And so um, I, I got, I started to invest money in, whoa, <laughs> into Bible quizzing and uh, all those different things I put money into. But, uh, I remember one time I was telling my dad, we were arguing about scripture, certain scripture. And I said, dad, no, this is what these, this word means. I have looked up every Greek word in this verse. In fact, this whole chapter, he said, son, that would take a long time. I said, well, not with my Bible program. <laughs> I go, let me show you this. <laughs> Click. Click, click. Now, you younger people, you have no idea. Because in the olden days, we just had a Strong's. And you have to flip through. Can't go through. Look up every day. It, it would be time consuming. Now, it's just like a click of a finger. I can just go to the next definition. Just quick, so fast. I was just, I was just so happy about that. My dad was astounded. Then my dad get started getting it. Man, his studied. Man. It would just accelerate the things that he could learn. And it was, it's just awesome. So investments, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Have you prepared your heart? Have you invested? And I heard this said before, this is for our newly married couple. Let's all give them a hand. And uh, I heard this said that uh, if you're having problems with your marriage, start investing. Start putting some money. Start investing into that marriage. Because, you, you know, people say, I just don't love them anymore. Well, when did you stop investing? Because where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Right, Michael? Michael's kind of, they're kind of newlyweds. <laughs> kind of. It's been like three, four years. They're still on their honeymoon. <laughs> 
But also preparing your heart to seek the Lord. You have got to put yourself in a place where you hear the message that the Lord has for you. You have to. Anyone who's really interested is going to do that, right? What's the first and great commandment? We've talked about this so many times before. We're probably sick of it. But some of us who haven't heard it, it's here. Hear, O Israel. Hear. You need to hear this message. The Lord our God is? And there's so many places where you won't be able to hear that message. So you have to get yourself, in preparing your heart to seek the Lord, you need to be in a place, it's the first and great commandment, to hear that message. You've got to do it. And every week, I want to hear that message. I want to hear that he's one. And so we need to, I used to, boy, I used to be so picky about this with my children when they were younger. Now they're older and just kind of, you know, they're adults now, most of them. And, uh, but I used to say, it is Saturday night. And we have church tomorrow. You can stay up as long as you want Friday night. But we got to prepa be prepared on Sunday to hear what thus saith the Lord. And so I just want to make sure that we get to bed early enough so we're not sleeping when the preacher's trying to bring the word of the Lord. Right, Kylie? I mean. She didn't know she made my message today. Okay. So I want to challenge you today to set your heart. There's probably some things in your heart that need to be fixed. There's some things that need to be prepared. You need to fix your heart. And I'm going to ask my daughter Rosette and my daughter Regina to come and just play something. That's my challenge for you today. There's a lot of scriptures that we could go on and on and on about. There's hundreds and hundreds of scriptures that talk about the importance of seeking him. Setting your heart, fixing your heart. And so I want to, uh, maybe there's something, I just gave you some examples. I didn't give you all the examples. You probably can think of some ways that you can set your heart to, you know, or prepare your heart to seek after him. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's just worship him for a little bit as we, as we sing today. Hallelujah, Jesus. see 
find you the more I love you I wanna sit at your feet drink from the cup in your hands lay back against you and breathe and feel This love is so deep, it's more than I can stand. I'm melting your peace, it's overwhelming. I want to sit at your feet, drink from the cup in your hand, lay back against you. Good. 
So the song says, the more that I seek you, the more that I find you. He did not say to seek him in vain, but he wants us to seek him. There's some things to find about him, and you're going to find him more and more and more and more, the more you seek him. This could be a daily thing. It should be a daily thing. And I don't even know. I really have no idea how um, I would make it without it being a daily thing. I hear of some people who don't make it a daily thing. I don't know how they make it. And uh, this should be something we do every single day. We set our affections on things above. We begin to seek Him. Hallelujah, Jesus. You're worthy of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. I praise you, Jesus. 
Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. That Ahab, he did wickedly. The Bible says he did evil because he set not his heart to seek the Lord. He was one of the most iPads talking to me. He was one of the most wicked kings who ever lived. And he did evil because he set not his heart to seek the Lord. So you guys are all going to like me better if I seek the Lord. Trust me. Thank you, Brother Fernando. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, we worship you today. God, you're worthy today. Praise you, Jesus. I praise you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, since we have a... Um, we have a, a guest that's here today. We're going to have Brother Jordan come up and Jordan Garcia from the Christian Life College. We'll have him pray in closing. Jesus, Lord, Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for the presence that we felt here today, Jesus, Lord God. We thank you for the presence that has been dwelling in this place, Lord God, for the word that we have received today, Jesus, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, and we we seek your face, Lord God. We pray that we seek your face daily, Jesus, Lord God, that we set aside the things that we need to let go of, Lord God, and we pick up the things that we need to pick up, Lord God, to seek after you daily, Jesus, in the morning, in the afternoon, in the night, Jesus, Lord God. Allow for us, Jesus, to put aside the things of this world, Jesus, and to take up you, Jesus, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord God, we worship you and we praise, Lord God, and we give you thanksgiving, Jesus, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In Jesus' name we pray, Lord. Hallelujah. All right. You guys are dismissed in Jesus' name. Greet the brethren. Greet the sistren.